0: Hey guys, this episode's gonna be talking about residency. Why do another year of residency after dental school? Do you know enough? It depends where you go. Most people that graduate don't have enough experience and let me tell you why. So kind of what I alluded to last time, a lot of these newer dental schools they don't have enough patience for the students to get enough experience in every aspect of general dentistry, right? And if you go to a university where they have specialty programs, you know, residencies, they have precedence over you because that's their specialty. So let's say you have a patient that needs a molar root canal treatment. Well, guess what? If you have an endodontic residency program at your school, it's going to go to that residency program, not you. And that sucks because it not only limits your experience, but you don't have any say. And I went to Western University of Health Sciences and there are no specialties there. So I got whatever came in the door inside my chair, right? So number one, it depends what school you go to how many patients the school has for you to see and if there are specialty programs, okay? So that's just one example, let's say implants, okay? Let's say you have a patient that needs an implant. Well, some schools let you place implants, some don't. Some have residency programs like periodontics and oral maxofacial surgery. So those implant procedures, if you have those residency programs, go to them. You don't get to do it. You can restore it sometimes unless there's a prosthodontic residency program where they'll get it instead of you so you you know what I mean so just depends where you go but I don't think you're ready really to do more than just basic fillings and exams and basic extractions maybe some dentures just depends on your experience right so I was when I was looking at possibly applying to oral max facial surgery, I met several oral surgeons in externships, uh, shadowing. Um, I, I know a couple of oral surgeons at a GPR residency at a VA hospital in LA area. So I got talking to them and they said, you know, I think everyone should do one more year after dental school because you guys just don't learn enough anymore. Um, these guys, in gauss they uh they graduated a while ago like 20 years or more and they had to have like 30 crowns to graduate they had to have like 10 dentures to graduate they had to have so many fillings and you know 20 root canal treatments and blah 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 so they had to have these things to graduate whereas now the newer universities Don't have enough patience to meet this number criteria. So what do they do? They say well Once you get a few under your belt, you can take a competency exam which is great, but you're not getting that same experience and Some schools you can a lot of these newer schools. You can't they just don't have enough patience. So That's what they're recommending and you know, they work with residents, you know, they are over the residents the surgeons that I was talking to and a lot of them were saying you guys just aren't graduating with enough experience you're coming out of school with the very minimum basics and it sucks because you know you go to jump right in after school to go work and you have no idea what to do um so I did a one year AEGD or advanced education in general dentistry residency in Utah at Roseman University, and it was partnered with NYU Langone Medical Center. Um, so we had specific requirements for advanced procedures in general dentistry like implants, molar root canals, implant crowns, bridges, normal crowns, extractions, bone grafts, um, periodontal surgeries whatever it may be we had a specific number amount we had to meet which was not hard to do like it was pretty basic but it was already more than what we learned in dental school um, because some of those things I wasn't even allowed to do in dental school like in dental school I had one implant patient and the periodontist that I worked with that was faculty wouldn't let me do it because it was in the aesthetic zone so I got to assist and that was it um so you can see that depending where you go and the experience you get residency is very um highly recommended by not only general dentists but a lot of specialists i've worked with even in residency they they were telling us residents they were saying you guys i know you took a pay cut for this first year in the field but Honestly, you guys are getting more experience than your classmates because you are getting mentorship, one-on-one mentorship from specialists after school and getting CE credits for free and all this, right? So, why would I recommend this? Um, Okay, so let me just go into the CE courses for instance. So, we had online CE courses we had to do. And we had other CE courses that were free for us about implants and cosmetics and full mouth reconstructions and whatnot, or rehabilitations, I guess, if you want to call it that, too, for loss of VDO or anything like that. So, (coughs) excuse me. Um, And these these were free. And they were mentorships that we had on top of the clinical experience we had in working with these specialists. So when I looked at the actual numbers of CE hours I had total from residency, it was like 350 hours of CE credits, okay? (laughs) 350 in one year, okay? And what did I have to pay for this? Nothing, okay? It depends where you go for your residency, but 350 credits of CE hours, for free and they're paying me a stipend to, to get this experience heck yeah I'll take that and when you add up the total like from these courses some of them are hands-on implant courses some are um hands-on cosmetic dentistry where you're doing full arch cosmetics on patients and whatnot and be mentored at the same time okay um you know some of these courses man they're expensive guys these hands on um, with models okay let me just say this implant direct if you go to implant directs uh, facility in vegas and you want to get a hands on implant course where you have some lecture and then you place an implant or whatever in a model you're going to pay like 1200 bucks at least 1200 bucks for that even if it's just a lecture it's like 1200 bucks okay if you want to do it on a patient You're going to be spending like sometimes 10 grand, (laughs) you know, to have somebody guide you through the procedure, okay? Sometimes it's cheaper. I've seen some like 3500 but still, you get the point. Um, It's expensive. So when, when these classmates of mine that didn't decide to do residency were saying, oh, I'll just do C courses after graduating. Do you guys honestly think you can fork out ten grand for some of these courses? Okay, let's just say there's a hands-on endodontic CE course where you learn from endodontists how to do better root canals on molars and finding MB two on upper maxillary molars. Um, you know, they're like two days or whatever, and it's like ten grand. Okay, can you guys honestly say you have ten thousand dollars at disposal? For each course for some of these that you want to take no Okay, and with the tuition crisis going on and the expense of dental school, you know You're having students come out with like four hundred thousand dollars. I've seen some graduate with almost six hundred fifty At other universities and it's crazy your monthly payment. Let's just say you decide to do a ten-year repayment, okay, and Let's say you have I don't know four hundred thousand dollars in student loans just from dental school you're gonna be forking over like five grand a month for 10 years okay five thousand dollars a month and with your basic education in general dentistry i mean if you go work for a dso like one of those um corporate groups you'll probably make more if you go in a rural area where you don't want to go but i mean trying to live off of a uh, basic salary or compensation let's say 130, okay? Let's just say that. You honestly think you can spend 10 grand if you're making somewhere around 10,000 a month? <laughs> and you have living costs and your $5,000 of loan repayment each month for your 10-year plan? I mean, it's it's not possible unless you have other income or, you know, family support, or whatever. But, um, and on top of that, just imagine having a family and kids and other people to worry about. You're not going to have that kind of cash disposable for whatever. You're not going <sighs> to, you'll see classmates go out and buy brand new cars and stuff, but you know, it's, it's crazy. Pay off your student loans, pay them off, dude. The interest alone is killing you. Just look at it. The interest that builds up during school. You graduate, you're like, oh, I'm only 400,000 in debt, and then you look at the interest, you're like, holy cow, I'm almost at 500. At the end of school, it's gone up almost that much. It's crazy. (laughs) So, (sighs) here's why I did another year, okay? I get a stipend, which is enough to live off of, okay? I have a family, okay? I'm married. I had one boy, we had one boy at the time, We had our second son during residency. (coughs) You get health insurance benefits. You get disability insurance benefits. You get life insurance benefits. Guys, dude. For another year, you get these benefits and you don't have to really pay much or nothing at all? Come on. It's like... It's an easy choice right there. Um, I didn't have to have my dental license in Utah. um, So I didn't have to worry about that until after residency. So... If you want to moonlight or, you know, work after hours somewhere else, go for it. But, dude, you're going to be tired just from residency. So, I want to spend as much time with my family as possible after residency or, you know, after clinic and residency because I didn't see them that much to begin with in dental school. So, you can see that time is precious, finances You'll you'll learn real fast after school. It's it's easy when you get free, quote, free money, which really it's not because you're borrowing from a bank or the federal government. But once you start paying your own taxes and stuff, real life hits you hard and you learn real fast, oh, crap, I need to pay attention to what I buy and um, spend money on and save and taxes and whatnot. So (laughs) just, uh, yeah, another year, definitely worth it. Now, most of these programs will pay you a stipend to live off of, which isn't that bad. And you get tons of CE courses for free, dude. Like, when I added up the amount of CE courses and the mentoring I had that whole year, it was over $100,000, guys. I don't have the exact number. But with the courses I've taken, the online courses I had, the one-on-one mentoring from General dentists with a ton of experience and specialists like periodontists and oral surgeons and endodontists. I mean, come on. It's a no-brainer, guys. It's like $100,000 at least in CE courses and mentoring that I had one year after re- or school, dental school. So in one year, I had probably at least three to five years CE course experience in one year probably more than that because can you guys honestly say you would spend a hundred thousand dollars in CE courses in three years out of school no way dude (laughs) no way you can't have it's it's insane um so what did I learn in residency well it was very surgery heavy and very prosthodontic heavy um the dental school our clinic was in the dental school and on a different floor and any kind of root canals that were I mean we even had basic and anterior root canals on incisors sent to us but any kind of root canal that was too complicated most time molar or premolar was referred to us from dental school okay so you have the entire dental school clinic that are referring all these root canal procedures to us okay also since there's no other specialty there surgery cases okay So you have like impacted wisdom teeth okay these were being referred to us on all the time um implants okay if it wasn't a simple slam dunk implant (coughs) or if it's like an all-on-four or multiple implants two adjacent implants whatever they were being referred to us by by the dental school or we saw medically compromised special needs patients as well um, a lot of geriatrics where it was just too advanced for the dental students to do any treatment on. So they'd get sent to us because we have the faculty that are trained to help treat these patients without having too many complications. And we also had sedation, oral sedation. Um, they're still working on IV to get that going. But um, So not only was I trained in a lot of geriatrics, but special needs... And medically compromised patients like ASA 3 ASA 4 patients Um, we had a lot of emergencies where if the dental school didn't have room for the emergencies they'd come to us a lot of times in the emergency clinic in dental school there the students weren't allowed to do like the root canal treatment that was needed on the same day so they would have us go down there and do same day emergency root canal treatment or um, surgical extraction that was be beyond the capability of the student or whatever it may be, right? So we had a lot of referrals from the dental school. I even had referrals from the community where general dentists in the community sent stuff to us to do. So I had a, I had this one second molar implant that a patient wanted on number 18, like the lower second molar on the left side, and not even the periodontist wanted to do it. So you can see we had some crazy stuff that came in and we were able to get this exposure Um, I did some periodontal surgeries like flapping to brides and tori removals and sinus lifts and bone grafting and wisdom teeth extractions impacted or whatever it may be Um, we did oral sedation for these patients sometimes Um, I did a ton of dentures. ton of dentures. Whether it was implant supported or not. Um, I had several full mouth rehab cases where patients grind, grinded their teeth all the way down. And we were trying to see if we could save some of them and build them back up and add implants. And build, all the, build the mouth up and increase their their occlusion by putting crowns in or whatever. <coughs> and... I think it would have been a really good experience as well to have possibly a prosthodontic um, residency there, which it might happen in the future because we were very prosthodontically heavy in procedures. Um, I, it's funny because even though it was general dentistry, it was very prost heavy. So I kind of joke with people. I said, yeah, I, I had one year of prost residency. Because it pretty much was. Um, in a lot of these cases, it takes a year, sometimes two years, to finish the case because it's so crazy and complex. And you would have to work between the oral surgeon and the periodontist and the endodontist and, um, like, a cosmetic dentist and prostodontist as well, which we had to work with. Um, so you can see... <laughs> it. The kind of cases we had were crazy. It was it was things the dental school didn't want to touch. It was things... It was patients and cases that local dentists didn't want to do. Um, we had a lot of people come to us because we were the cheapest in the whole area of Salt Lake City. So, it's just... It was a, it was a great experience. Um, and I know ours isn't the only one. I mean, there are a lot of great residency programs. So... Not only did I get CE courses for free and a ton of hours and got paid to do it, I got a lot of surgery and prosthodontic and even endodontic exposure, um, treating emergencies and <coughs> learning how to manage complications. It was it was a great experience. And in one year, I know one year experience, I wouldn't have had this in three or five years because I'm in private practice right now as an anest- as an associate and I haven't done nearly the amount of CE courses that I did in residency, not even close, not even close because you don't have as much time off and you're an associate and you know, your salary is whatever. And you have a family or, you know, you know what I mean? So it was one of the smartest decisions that I made in my career to do one more year. Just one. (laughs) And now what do I do as an associate? Well, right now I see a lot of um, emergencies between a few practices in this private group. So what do I do? I do a ton, mostly extractions, surgical extractions, impacted wisdom teeth extractions. Um, I do a ton of root canal treatments. Um, Every now and then, some implants and bone grafts um and your basic stuff too like crowns and fillings and whatnot so but if i didn't have this one year experience in residency after school there's no way i'd be doing all these root canal treatments that and most of them are molars through crowns too um which that's even harder so not only would i not be doing that because i didn't have the exposure in dental school as much as i wanted I wouldn't be doing these surgery cases and full mouth extraction cases and alveoplasties where you smooth out the bone after and, you know, immediate dentures where you give patients the dentures immediately after taking out the teeth and all managing complications. I mean, guys, I had some crazy cases that were so hard in residency. When you get in private practice, you don't see as many of those. And most of the stuff is like bread and butter. Like, oh, I've already done this. Boom. This is how it goes. Okay. And every now and then you get humbled. But, you know, the experience I had, there's no way I would have had that experience if I didn't do residency. Okay. Um, And I can tell you that because I'm I'm in private practice right now. And if you say, oh, well, I'm going to go work as an associate for this dentist that promised to mentor me in these... Uh, Procedures, yeah, right, dude. (laughs) Maybe a few, but you're not, he's not gonna, he or she is not gonna stand next to you during every procedure and let you do these crazy implant procedures or extraction procedures or whatnot because they want those. They want to do those hard things because that's what they're trying to focus on more. They want you to do basic exams and fillings and maybe crowns and stuff like that, right? They're paying you to help them lighten their schedule so they can focus on more of the things they want to do, like implants and root canals and whatnot. So you might get mentored, okay, if it's like a family member or whatever, but you're not gonna get the same mentoring that you will in a residency program. It's impossible. It is literally impossible, guys. We had specific specialists that were working with us one-on-one in implant procedures and surgery and root canals and whatnot. And if it got hairy, they would step in and say, you know, let me help you on this part. I'm going to show you what to do, and then I want you to do it. So not only was it they took over and finished it, they didn't finish it for you. They showed you what to do, help you manage complication, and then they would have you do it as a tell-show-do kind of situation. You're not going to get that in private practice mentoring by an, another doctor. I mean, maybe if you're lucky, but I'm telling you right now, it's not going to happen. So... <laughs> One more year, I think it should be required because the experience you have coming out of dental school is the very basic. And we had such crazy cases come into our residency program where I remember the first, time, first few cases I saw, it was like a full mouth rehabilitation. I was like, I have no idea what to freaking do because there was so much going on. So you, you learn how to, <coughs> excuse me, prioritize things, and do a step-by-step process of, okay, let's do this first, let's take out these teeth, let's give them like an immediate denture or whatever, let's do implants and um, root canals, and then start, once that heals, start restoring or building up the other teeth with crowns or whatever, right? You have to know how to communicate with the lab on these procedures, and it gets very complex. It's crazy, I'm, I'm telling you right now. You will be blown away by some of the cases you'll see in private practice, and you won't even know what to do. You'll you'll look at it and say, I don't even want to touch that because <laughs> I'm scared. Um, and some of you might laugh at that, but just wait, it'll happen. Trust me. Um, <laughs> so it was nice because in residency with those kind of cases, especially my first few. Oh my gosh where you're like going to your faculty, or not really your faculty, your attendings, and you're showing them what you see and saying, you know, I think we could do this, but what would you recommend? And then they would say, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. Or, you know, let's try something else. And then they would kind of walk you through what to do. And coming up with these treatment plans, which you guys, unless you're memorizing codes in dental school, which you're crazy if you are because you're so busy trying to get the procedure down, you don't know codes very well. And when you're in private practice, you have to know your codes. You have to, have to, have to know your codes. You cannot rely on your assistant or staff or front desk to know the codes. You have to know them. okay? If you want to get compensated correctly and get insurance to prove things and whatnot and patient acceptance and everything... You have to know codes. So that was one thing I, I strived for in dental school was to learn codes and um, be able to get these things correct. Because let's just say you were going to do a composite veneer, okay? Like a chair-side composite veneer. Well, <laughs> some some people I know that are dentists, they do all this work, spend, you know, hour or so doing a few teeth composite veneers, okay, which is a lot of surfaces and whatnot, and they go and do all this work, and they don't get compensated, right? And they go back, and it's because it's marked as a facial. <laughs> a one-surface facial um, filling, which is nothing, especially if it's a composite veneer, which is like the mesial and distal facial class 5 and a facial and incisal, right? So it's like a 4 plus surface filling for cosmetics and they got compensated for a one surface facial filling which is a joke because that's an easy thing to catch but if you rely on somebody else to know the codes you're not going to get compensated correctly okay um, so you, you get all this experience um, you get to work with some great people uh, one it's funny because uh, a relative An in-law relative um, was telling me about a certain uh, doctor, general dentist, that focuses on surgical extractions and wisdom teeth and oral surgery, pretty much. Um, That's what he's done for 20 plus um, years. And so he was telling me about this. This individual and I was like, oh, cool. And then I heard he was in Utah. I was like, oh, that's even better. And then he also teaches with uh, Gordon Christensen, who's really heavy into dental research and and different things. So um, I get to residency and he's there. (laughs) He's somebody we get to work with one on one, and I was ecstatic about it because I I heard all about this individual. And all the lectures he's done and CE courses he's done and for decades, okay? All the experience he's had and I get to work with him one-on-one with several cases and he walks me through step-by-step approach and how to manage complications. He even gave us residents only his CE lectures that he does. Not all of them, but he, he did some a pretty good amount of CE lectures that he gives to dentists and other specialists all over the country, um, as like a lunch and learn kind of thing for free. I mean, come on. (laughs) It's, it's awesome. Um, and I got to work with him one-on-one on on several cases and learn from him. And now I am going to be part of his, uh, program for oral surgery, uh, kind of like an oral surgery mastership where you learn more, even more. And you're probably wondering what his name is. It's uh, Dr. Carl Kerner, and he has several research articles he's done about surgery, and he's written some textbooks about surgery, and he's done several courses with Gordon Christensen about oral surgery. Um, he has his own surgery program, CE program, where you can get a mastership in it um, with like 150 CE hours. Okay. So. It's a no-brainer. But that's just my opinion, okay? You guys do whatever you want. Um, But residency is totally worth it. And you get what you put into it. Um, We had to do a lot of lab work as well. Um, We could send some things out, but I learned a lot by doing a little bit above and beyond. We had to do um, like once a month uh, presentations on cases we've done with other residency programs in our network and we would have like a live discussion about it. It was a nice way to learn new procedures and techniques and how to manage complications and other things, right? So the one thing we had to really do every day was log each procedure we did. You had to log it into a certain program and if you didn't it it really messed with you because you had to meet certain requirements to finish. Well, I and the other residents, we all finish our requirements six months in. So it's not hard, but you have to log it. And again, with notes, codes are fine. Don't need to worry about the codes, but the notes, you have to get swiped, right? And you have to know how to prescribe drugs and antibiotics and how to administer sedation medications and other things. So you learn a lot of things that you don't learn in dental school because it's more than just the basics. Dental school is the basics. After that, you continually learn with CE courses and other things. So anyways, that's what I recommend. Um, Next time we'll talk about scholarships. Thanks for tuning in.